Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. I am 88.9's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And this is Cinnabuds. And this week on Cinnabuds, we're talking about food movies and movies about food. Yeah, both of those things. Okay, Christopher. Yes, Justin. I am kind of surprised that uh, food food is a thing that we do very often, you know? That we, we eat do it. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do food and on there, a day. And there are actually so few movies that are about food. Uh, hmm. I think I might disagree. Really? <laughs> is it too early? No. There, I feel I, like I feel like there are there are 1 billion movies about war and oh, well, there are yeah. like there's like six good movies about food. Oh, I see. Yeah, compared to war, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but lately, uh, well, I mean, there were so many I don't know how many years ago it was, like 5 5 or 6 years ago, there were so many good food movies. That Milwaukee Film started uh, a food program in the festival. Can you hear like a little buzzy sound? Yes, I can. That's my dog that just came in with a cat toy. Oh, very cute. That's fun. Oh, he's gone now. Uh, <laughs> so like a few years ago, there were so many good films about food that we had to start the Film Feast program at the festival. So uh, maybe I've just been exposed to a lot of them through that. Um, maybe. But yeah, I and it's become like this whole genre uh, that people are uh, really into, and I get it. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite food movies in the podcast, but we want to start this because uh, food movie is the center of the Milwaukee Film member screening this month. Yeah. So Wednesday, which I believe is today, if this goes out on Wednesday, um, we're having a... We've been doing these at-home screenings, which essentially we just have our members find this movie online, which is readily available, watch it, and then we come together at 7 and talk about it. We usually have a special guest. Um, but yeah, we decided on Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which came out uh, 2011, I want to say. It's such a lovely uh, portrait of this just master sushi chef uh, who has such an interesting... Uh, restaurant and it's one of the best in the world uh, but it's in an it's in a really unassuming section of a train station yeah i think that's so, part of the appeal yeah you know? yeah he's in a it's, it's tiny little 10 seat restaurant in a train station somewhere you think that would be like a food court type of restaurant but it's like starts at three hundred dollars just just to just starts there you need reservations uh, it's very specific how he lays it out for you and how you eat. It's very interesting. I think that it hits on like one of those things that we the like one of the narratives that we kind of love about food, which is like we love someone who has like dedicated their entire life to doing one thing very, very well. Yeah. His North Star, the thing that he thinks about all the time and has dedicated his entire life to is making excellent sushi. Right. And that's what the documentary is about. Yeah. And it's wonderful to watch like this master. And he's, he had an interesting life. He had a sad beginning, you know, he pulled himself up and now became this like Michelin star rated, uh, Mm -hmm. master sushi chef. And, and the relationship between him and his sons and one son is going to take over. The other one started his own restaurant. 
uh, and then the people who come to the restaurant and how excited. It's just fascinating. It's and if you love food and travel, I feel like food movies and travel movies almost go hand in hand. Um, then this is you're gonna love this movie. Okay, Jiro dreams of sushi. It is the member movie screening this Wednesday. Yeah, we'll be chatting about it at 7 p.m. So if you are a member, I hope to see you there. If you're not, join, and then next time we'll do it. We'll do another one next month. Okay, when we come back, we are going to be talking about our favorite food movies. So stick around. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. Okay, and no, we're back. Oh, I'm hungry oh. for more food movies. Wow, you're waiting to say that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that locked and loaded. So, Jiro Dreams of Sushi is a member movie screening. How yeah. have you been? Have you been picking those? Um, it's been a little looser because we can't often do brand how new do you, films. How do you normally do it? Normally, we look at what is available at a lot of the distributors that we like and that and that offer some really good stuff and just go through it. I definitely, throughout a year, try to make sure that we're doing a good variety of films. Like, if we haven't had one of these for a while, oh, let's do one of these. We haven't, oh, we haven't fiction in a while, let's do fiction. So we try to make it a good variety because we have a lot of members and they all have different tastes. So we want right. everyone to find at least a few movies a year that they're really into. It can't just be offbeat comedies about arts and artists. I know. Apparently, they want slightly more than that. Okay. (laughs) But now we're doing – now it's fun because we we usually do one classic a year. And now, because of the situation we're doing at home, we have to find films that are readily available for people uh, to find on their own. Um, And so we're doing a lot of – we did Orson Welles' A Stranger last month. Now we're doing Jiro Dreams of Sushi, not – quite as old as that we kind of skip around and do just some tried and true films cool all right well let's talk about food movies yeah. since we talked about Jiro, um i wanted to hear some other food movies from you what is like um what like when you think of when we decided to do food movies what is like what did you think of as being like your favorite food movie there's a lot of different categories. You know, when you ask movie people about their favorite, they always get clumsy. They're like, well, it depends on if you mean a doc or a blue or a blue. That's what you're going to do? That's what I'm currently doing. <laughs> you know how those people annoyingly do this thing? <laughs> Here well, we go. <laughs> now, please watch me do it. Uh-uh. I will say a new favorite is the trip movies, the trip, uh, the trip with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. I had a feeling that you were going to say that. Oh, I love them so much. And at first I watched, I'll be honest, the first time I watched the trip, the original one, and then there's the, a trip to Spain, there's a trip to Greece, there's a trip to uh, Italy, I think, mm-hmm. um, which are all sequels. I watched it and I'm like, this is really entertaining. This is fun because you see all these cool locations and you see these amazing f- uh, meals being made for them. But you also hear these really funny comedians playing themselves, but sort of in a fictional setting. And just riffing with each other. So it's a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff I love is comedians, watching comedians talk to each other, like in real life, uh, and watching these beautiful locations and seeing all this amazing food. 
So I love those movies. And then, so after I watched it, I think I watched the second one and then I went back and watched the first one again. And I really started developing a a deeper appreciation for those. Yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. It's a really entertaining way to bring, and it's very inspiring. That's, I think the through line with all these film movies, uh, where there's documentaries. Yeah. (laughs) All these film movies. So yeah, all these food (laughs) movies, uh, they're almost all travel movies too. And so it inspires you to one, cook at what a first eat that's let's just be honest and yeah. it one you just makes you want to eat all these interesting foods it makes you it makes me want to cook a little bit and then it makes you want to travel and i think all those things are wonderful for sure um my favorite food yeah movie let's hear it that i want to talk about is from 1985 uh made in japan oh yeah the I movie it. i knew it tam Tampopo. <laughs> yeah. Tampopo is was such an amazing movie. Agreed. If you have not seen Tampopo, it is uh, made in Japan in 1985. And it is very much like it's kind of like an action movie from the mid 80s where instead of like, you know, uh, finding the bad guy and doing the training to beat him in the end. It's like they find a restaurant that is making ramen that isn't the best. And <laughs> these two guys and this woman, they, they come together and they're like, there are training and like fighting sequences. Yeah. And they do all this to make the best ramen that you can eat. And it's just like, it's so funny yeah. and it's so mouthwatering and there, <laughs> and there are so many lines. It's like, there's this scene at the beginning where it's like an old man eating ramen and a young man eating ramen yeah. and the young guy just scarfs it down. And then the old guy looks at it and he's like, you must admire the pork. Yeah. <laughs> and I think about that every single time I eat a bowl of ramen. That's so good. Yeah. Tampopo's a classic of that genre. Really? It's, it's, hilarious and strange but also very accessible movie in that same vein um and i I didn't think to talk about this until you mentioned tempo boba um uh, there's a great movie that's hard to find called the god of cookery okay it's it's a stephen chow movie stephen chow did kung fu hustle everybody will know kung fu hustle right on um one of his earlier movies is called the God of cookery, which is a, most of his films have a very similar premise. I mean, it's somebody it's involving martial arts and another thing. He has one called Mm -hmm. Shaolin soccer, It's martial arts and soccer. Uh, (laughs) But God of cookery is essentially based on the iron chef type shows. Sure. Uh, But it's really big and over the top involves a lot of martial arts, but martial arts and food. Um, And there's a hilarious sequence of a, of a man uh, a heavier fella running through a field with these uh, robes on and they slowly are just, the robes get bigger and bigger and are waving more and more extreme. And I'm not selling it obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I could imagine it in my mind. I yeah. was, I was thinking of it. A lot yeah. of, a lot of martial arts, like flipping a, a, a meatball in the air and it spins and you don't know where it's going to land. I mean, it's very cartoonish, just like Kung Fu Hustle, but yeah. God of Cookery, if you could find it, uh, dig around it's a really good one that is great um on the on the tan popo tip yeah the, <laughs> that's there, a phrase we need to use more often <laughs> there is a restaurant in franklin 
called Tan Popo. So the movie is Tan with an M and the restaurant yeah. is Tan with an N. And I watched Tam Popo, and then I was like, oh, that restaurant out by my parents' house is, like, named after this, and they have, you know, ramen. And so I went, and I was, like, so thrilled to be, like, I get the joke, you know? Like, (laughs) I I understand what you're going for. And I think I, like, I went in there, and I, I, like, was ordering, and I ordered, like, ramen, and I told, like, the, the waitress, I was like, I watched the movie Tampopo yesterday and I'm excited to to eat here and she just like she didn't know. It was like lost. I was like so excited to be like, hey, here's like these people <laughs> made this restaurant based on this movie. Like they will appreciate that like somebody yeah. like understands like what they're doing and just like did not care. At oh, all. that makes me sad. I was really hoping I for it. I also really hoped nope. that it was like a ramen place in a tanning salon. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed like when you said tan popo, I'm like, please let it be what I uh, think it's going to be. No, but that's fine. That's, you know, I can't, can't have everything. You can't. Um, another film, a documentary. So there's tons of food documentaries. A lot of them are telling you essentially don't eat this, don't eat that. Uh, which sure. I like watching those because it does make me feel guilty about what I'm still probably going to eat. Um, <laughs> sure. But it does, it actually has helped me kind of refine things that I do and what I don't do. It's it's very interesting. But um, there is a great documentary we had at the festival a few years ago called Need for Meat. Uh, it's a film from the Netherlands. Uh, called Need for Meat. And it's essentially a woman was exploring this dilemma she has uh, about her love for meat and all these rational arguments against the meat industry. And she has a brand new child, her and her husband. And Mm -hmm. they were trying to decide, like, how do we bring up our child? We love meat, but should we be raised the vegetarian? It's interesting because it sounds like one of those very preachy documentaries, but it's really funny. Like she, she's got a great sense of humor. She truly loves meat. Uh, so and it's kind of funny how she kind of riffs on that, but it's a genuine concern. And she, she goes to, uh, she talks to butchers. She talks to conservation, environmentalists, conservationists. She right, even goes, and they actually go through it. Yeah. And she actually even goes to, uh, uh, what abattoir? Is that what you call what they, the slaughterhouse essentially. And okay. she said, if I'm going to do this, I should, I should, she's going to kill a cow. Like essentially she goes, I want to learn what it is to take the life of something I'm going to eat. And she has a real hard time with it. Yeah. There's a great sequence. There's one of the chefs that she talks to about me (laughs) is very handsome. And she kind of jokes about having a crush on him. At some point they do this whole dream sequence. Uh, so it's a documentary where they went to the lengths of doing a dream With sequence. A dream sequence that is awesome. It's so funny of him laying on the table like he's the meat, and, <laughs> and her looking at him like. So it's funny because that guy must have had a good sense of humor about this and like went along with it. Yeah. Um, again, that one's kind of a challenging one to find as well, but uh, there's a lot of options out there, so I'm sure someone can find it. Need for Meat is really, really under- interesting, thoughtful, but also pretty entertaining. That is great. The The other one that I really wanted to highlight is the documentary as well, City of Gold. Oh, you know, I've never – oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. About uh, – what's his name? Jonathan Gold. Jonathan Gold, yes. That was wonderful. Yeah. Jonathan Gold was the like premier critic for um, for the 
is it LA Times? Uh, it was LA for sure, so probably. But it, yeah. So like in LA and he kind of like single-handedly changed um food criticism in that he instead of just reviewing like white clothed, you know, right. restaurants where you need to, a tie to get in and that are doing like haute cuisine. He um he reviewed all of the like local ethnic places and the restaurants in like strip malls and the places where normal people eat. Right. And and he is just an absolutely incredible writer. And yeah. It's like Jonathan Gold could have written about anything. And it would have been amazing. And he chose to write about food. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things in that documentary is seeing his house. It's just so full of books. It's got books everywhere, leave even. And I, this is just, it's like hoardy a little bit, a little, uh-huh. a little messy, but it also I find it very fashionable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> up his stairs, up the stairs. There's just like a small yes. pile on each step. And I'm yes. like, I can't help it. I find that very appealing. I do too. Uh, and like, I I have been to LA a couple times, and the my favorite thing to do in LA is to um, is to read a Jonathan Gold review at the restaurant. Oh, you know, yeah. like like we we I did, went with my buddy, and like we every single restaurant we were like did he write about it? And we would (laughs) like sit down and then read the review and then like order accordingly. And uh, uh, it's just a wonderful way and a wonderful documentary about him. It's just like so well done. Yeah. It's really lovely. And uh, he passed away just last year, I think. I think it was like two or three years ago now. Yeah. But man, he really did a lot for that, uh, for the food community and just, you know, small businesses. So, he was, sure. he was pretty incredible. I don't know. I, I can't, st- I don't want to stop listing movies. <laughs> I, I know. I like where we are going to have to stop. <laughs> How much time? Cause I have, <laughs> I not only have a couple of movies I want to quickly talk about, but I kind of want to talk about TV a little bit. Okay. Let's do Let's do some quick hits. All right. Quick hits, eat, drink, man, woman. That's an early Ang Lee film. Um, okay. Some of the best uh, scenes of Chinese food being made I've ever seen. Like, it makes you so hungry. It's a family drama comedy, but just the food preparation is enough to make you want to uh, lose your mind. Awesome. And then you can't talk about food movies without mentioning Big Night with uh, Stanley Tucci I- and Tony uh, Shalhoub. Have you not seen this? Never seen it. Oh, uh, in, in, like, in prep, I was like looking at some movies and I yeah. saw that one and I was like, I love Tony Shalhoub. Oh, this is like probably in the top three best food movies ever. It's about two brothers and have a restaurant. One's the chef. One's like the business side of it. I think I haven't seen it in a while, uh, but the, oh boy, oh boy. It's all about this one <laughs> night that someone's important is going to, I think it's Tito Puente is going to come to their restaurant and uh, have this big meal. So they close it and they have this big meal with their friends. And oh, boy, boy, boy. Oh, That's that a spicy so meatball. That's uh, a spicy meatball. Yeah, I love how you, excited. You yeah, you got to see that. Actually, makes me really want to rewatch it. Um, but that that's like one of the granddaddies of wonderful food fiction films. Yeah, great. 
And then I quickly or not so quickly have to mention, I have been almost exclusively watching food shows. So have I. <laughs> have you really? Yeah. Because There's I've been cooking so many a lot. Good ones. You know, yeah, me too. And- yeah, ditto. So I've been cooking a lot and also like my, as a kid, my mom just had Food Network on all the time, like 24 yeah. seven. And so just like all those shows are just like comforting to me to like, yeah. to watch and remember. And then I just like, I just like them. So yeah. I have been watching a ton of them too. There was the like Good Eats did like yeah. a reloaded season where Alton Brown like went over past episodes and like kind of like re-edited them and updated them oh, for a whole season. And yeah. so I watched that the whole that whole thing last right. week. What, what have you been watching? Well, first uh, first I want to say I I'm getting really really uh like philosophical about these shows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I genuinely believe like I'm watching like um starting with like Great British Bake Off that which is a really mm-hmm. fun show about all these sweet, sweet British people making cakes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but and everyone talks about, oh, it's just they're all so nice to each other. It's such a like a counter to all the American competition shows where it's vicious. Where it's and then vicious the British drama. one. Yeah. The British yeah. one, it's like they're helping each other. They're sweet. They're making cakes. They're nice people. Yeah. I think it is such a balm to watch cooking shows. And not just cooking shows, but like I said, most of them are also travel shows. So yeah. you're going to a different location, yes. meeting different people, a different culture, a different cuisine, and they are literally the most positive yes. uh, 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 medium of entertainment <laughs> that you yes. can be exposed to right now. Because, Everyone because- is so pleasant and and kind and friendly. Yeah, because food is not dramatic. Right. You know, food, like food is not, <laughs> not political. Yeah, it's not, it's not political. Not it's political. Like, though, yeah, it's food is like light and fun and comforting and nice and cathartic, and that yeah. is what I like about food shows. Is right. like I, I'm not going to food. I'm not eating every day for the drama. I'm I'm like eating for the the pleasure. Yeah, and it's interesting because when I first started, when when food shows started coming out. And or cooking shows, I'm like, what? Why do I care? I can't taste that. Like, why right. do I care? Like, it, I realize it doesn't matter. Like, I can see how that would be great. <laughs> they look amazing, but it is right. the interactions of people. Everybody eats. Everybody likes good food. That's like a, yeah. a universal property. You go people who might be put off by going to a different country, seeing different culture and different people, but everyone can come together if you're giving them tasty food. And then you, then you, it, everyone's humanized because we all want this delicious food. It's made by somebody you've never seen before. I mean, I just <laughs> totally. I mean, I'm, not, I'm being a little too maybe melodramatic, no. but I genuinely think like but, people need to travel more and visit new cultures, and they need to eat the cuisines of other people. Uh, I mean, other that cultures. was that was like Bourdain's whole thing. Yeah, you know, the, he was like, I'm not a journalist, and I like what he's doing is not political but it also is political because like food is the great connector and you yeah. can if you're like eating with somebody then you're talking about politics and culture and and you're learning everything because that is like what food is yeah. and and he was always like you know like we his 
his stance on food was always was so like pro immigration because he was like, you know, the more like right. food that we have, the more that you like learn about other people and you learn about cultures. And that is, uh, you know, undeniably a pro. Right. It, I just watched uh, some old episodes of No Reservations with Anthony Bourdain. I saw the one yeah. he did in Haiti. And it's yeah. great because you see like he has the good intentions, but he understands. He goes, am I? doing the same thing that these other people have come and done and kind of ruined this country. He goes, I may currently be participating in it. And then he tried to buy a bunch of food for everybody. Cause he thought, oh, I just want to directly help. And then he saw how that went wrong. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 so we say it's not political. There are political processes to food where food comes from how humanely you were getting our food and things like that. But <clears throat> the ultimate goal of all these shows is to meet new people, try new things and celebrate with each other. Um, a, um, a show that I am losing my mind about right now, which I had no interest in watching until uh, Nicole told me. She goes, no, I think you really like it. Uh, is Somebody Feed Phil. Oh, my uh, one that I also have been like that guy and his yeah. like just plastered on smile is right. like something that I do not trust. Right. I was, I was probably just goofy. That's a goofy one. It is one of the best. It's the creator of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. He's like the, yeah. he's a, a comedy writer. And um, I've seen it before. I don't know anything. Phil Rosenthal. And he's this tall, skinny, goofy, uh, child-eyed 57-year-old man. Right. And I thought, oh, this is going to be silly. It, he's the most delightful human being. <laughs> he, tells, he tells dad jokes, essentially. Uh, but he's genuinely funny, but he's like a dad joke kind of <laughs> aficionado. Yeah. And it's him going a New Yorker going to all over the world. And he is such a delight. He's so sweet. He's genuinely affected by everybody. And you see his face light up when he's eating these things. He's hugging everybody. He's buying food for everybody. It's one of the most positive shows I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. I and I can't I'm still watching it. I cannot get enough. He's gone to Vietnam. He's gone to uh South Korea. He's you know done a whole New York episode. Yeah. I highly recommend that one. Even if you're not interested in food, just he is it's such a positive show. Um, Definitely uh, makes you well, feel good. <laughs> I can't believe that we've gotten this far and uh, we have not mentioned Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That is true. That is true. It's trying to be healthier, trying to go a healthier route. <laughs> okay. But it, it's funny because I did watch Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory just <laughs> about a week ago. And guess what? Still my favorite movie of all time. Okay. To end the show, what is a dish that you have seen in the movie that you want to eat the most in real life? Oh, I will tell you. And it's something that never would have occurred to me to be something I would want. But in – oh, shoot. I think it's in Bangkok. I could be wrong about this. I hope I'm not. I think it's in Bangkok. There's a woman there who's a street vendor. She wears goggles because there's a huge fire in front of her. And she's probably uh -huh. 70 years old. And she's she's also, I believe, Michelin star rated. And there, it's street food. It's a crab omelet. Mm. And it is. it looks like... It looks like a burrito. It looks like a giant burrito because it's rolled. And the way she makes it in this vat of oil is so spectacularly like watching her do it. It's like martial arts. Like you, it's such, so, such, so skillfully put together, mm -hmm. but it is just a, like a half of a forearm 
size <laughs> roll of egg and then filled with crab and other beautiful stuff. Yeah. And I saw that on a couple different, there's one about street food. And then there's one about the, somebody, if you fill, it was, she was featured in both of those. And he said it's like one of the best things he's ever eaten in his life. Wow. What about All you? Right. Do you have any standouts? I think I have some like, you know, a never ending gobstopper. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Sure. And then like some of the dishes and like spirited away and uh, the oh, like yeah. the, the noodle dish in Parasite. Um, but the I think the thing that I've always wanted since I was a kid was there's a scene in the movie Hook where they have a food fight with some very colorful pies and food. And uh, I just remember being a kid and being like, I want to eat the food in the movie Hook. Yeah. Oh, uh, so you've just now you've extended this podcast because I didn't know we were talking about fantasy. Oh, yeah. There's a podcast I've been enjoying called. Um, uh, nope, can't remember it. It's with James Acaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's called is with James off off menu. Okay. Anyway. Um, off menu, I think is what it's called. James A. Castro is British comedians. They bring somebody on and they have to create their dream meal. Like if you could have any appetizer, oh, yeah. any main dish, it's really entertaining. But they had a conversation about cartoon food. Yeah. That really perked me up because they say it, cartoon food sometimes just tastes much better. And someone did mention Spirited Away and the yeah. feast they have. Yeah. Uh, and I said, yeah, that is amazing. But I recall when I was a kid watching Scooby-Doo and anytime they would take a bite or eat any cartoon of that era, anytime they take a bite of fried yeah. chicken or yeah. an apple, the noise they made when they ate it for, <laughs> for, uh, yeah. for some reason made it seem like, oh, that would be really, really tasty. Yeah. Because they're the, the side of their cheek would get all big, you know, to, to indicate that yeah. they have food full of <laughs> face full of food. I don't know what it was, but that's always seemed very tasty. All right. That's it. It's not. It's not it, but that that is it. Apparently I, we have to stop. <laughs> so all right. Much more thoughts. <laughs> this is Cinnabuds. Cinnabuds edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Oh. We got handcrafted sonic inspiration from the license lab. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Our theme song is from uh, uh, written by uh, Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. Yeah, the Newsk, and yet performed by the Us. Oh, uh, yes. Um, also, thank you for members from Milwaukee Film and from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. Yeah, we miss you. And thank you to the one and only, the mastermind behind it all, Christopher Pollard. Oh, guys, get out of town. Thank you. All right. Thanks. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>